Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Podcast Week 12 Preview Edition. My name's Joey Weaver. He's Mike McDaniel. Mike, it's that time again. It's that time of the year. Tecmo Bowl week, baby. You ready? Which means we got to be in the home stretch, Joey. We are in the home stretch. Yeah, we're uh, we're mid-November at this point. Only a couple weeks short of Thanksgiving. Looking forward to a, a long weekend and a bunch of food and all that good stuff. But still got a little bit of college football before we get there. Um as you mentioned, yeah, the, the the home stretch, what's become a a late season tradition here in the last few years, um, we uh, there, you know, we we've done this on the on the podcast in previous years, and we'll start there. Is that um, typically, you know, we we would start these podcasts, these preview shows, with what is definitively the most interesting game of the weekend. You know, the highest ranked teams, the best teams, highest national profile game. Take your pick, whatever. Except one week a year, Mike, and that's when the Tecmo Bowl happens, when your team plays my team, and that's when we start with our teams no matter what. And so let's just start there as we preview these games. We've got five uh, conference matchups, and then we've got a, another FCS game that we'll kind of hit on at the very end. But before we do all of that, let's start here. Uh, your Hokies, a five-and-a-half-point road favorite in Atlanta at Bobby Dodd Stadium against my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. This game is at 3.30 on the ACC Network Extra. Total is 51.5. Mike, we've been doing this podcast for uh, four years. This is the fourth season we've done it. The first three years, we we all decided that whoever wins this game gets to be the real Tech for the next year. Uh, That has so far been my Yellow Jackets all three years. Uh, They are undefeated against Justin Fuente. And yet, coming into this game, Virginia Tech playing a lot better here in the last month. Uh, Georgia Tech still trying to pull it together a little bit under this under Jeff Collins. The offense playing better, defense playing okay. You know, pretty banged up on both sides of the ball. Serious year zero situation. Hokies a five and a half point road favorite. Mike, you uh, you think the Hokies are finally the real Tech? Yeah, it's better be the year because <laughs> <laughs> better be the year. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've been saying it pretty much every year. I mean, I every year I go into this game, at least recently, thinking Virginia Tech's the better team. And then every year I, I come away with Georgia Tech winning and winning pretty decisively. Um, last let me, year, let me, let me throw ahead. in there, I will say the I think the biggest loss – I've ever had betting any single game was the first year we did this podcast. Georgia Tech was a 14-point underdog in Blacksburg. I found out the morning of the game that the starting center, the starting quarterback, and the starting B-back were all going to be out for Paul Johnson. 
I said bet the house on Virginia Tech minus the 14. Georgia Tech won outright by 10 points. I don't know how this game works anymore. I don't either. And that I was actually just about to bring that game up because you texted me. <laughs> I was tailgating. And you said, hey, by the way, um, Georgia Tech's out three starters, including Justin Thomas. I was like, oh, beautiful. Okay, Virginia Tech's in good shape today. They're already a 14-point favorite. And then they lost. Yeah, lost to Matthew Jordan. So, how? Um, that was that went poorly. So, yeah, I, I mean, every year I go into this thinking Virginia Tech's got a better chance to win, right? And, you know, under Justin Fuente, they really, really struggled, right? And, and they, for whatever reason, the Achilles heel has been Georgia Tech and that option offense, which now is no longer – I mean, you still see some of that with Georgia Tech's rushing attack right now, but you don't see it every single play it's clearly not a triple option offense it's you're not seeing that anymore right it's just different with jeff collins uh the defense of georgia tech has been pretty good and we've talked about that on this podcast at length georgia tech's passing defense especially has been pretty good this year and when you consider how bad georgia tech's offense has been it makes the defense numbers all the more impressive that they've been able to be uh Statistically, uh, an average defense. Uh, it's it is pretty impressive considering how bad they've been offensively. The one area where I think Virginia Tech has improved, and, and we talk about the Hokies' improvement over the last five weeks or so, going four and one in that stretch, nearly beating Notre Dame to be five and zero in that stretch. Where Virginia Tech has improved the most, outside of the defense playing a lot better and being more consistent, is the running game and the, how good the running games looked with either Hendon Hooker or Quincy Patterson playing quarterback, whoever it has been. Um, and, and the offense is more complete with Hendon Hooker. We talked about that in the in the recap, um, how good Virginia Tech looked against Wake Forest last weekend. You know, we talked about Hendon Hooker and his importance to Virginia Tech offense, both running and throwing the football. Well, when you consider this game coming up, Georgia Tech currently ranks 119th nationally in rushing defense, um, giving up almost 211 yards per game. Virginia Tech's been over 200 yards in three over the last four games on the ground. So if Virginia Tech can continue running the football like they have recently, I think they should be able to run the ball in this Georgia Tech defense, just you know, statistically speaking. When you look at how Virginia Tech's been running the ball over the last month and how Georgia Tech struggled to defend the run. Um, but, but passing the ball, I mean, Hendon Hooker's been pretty good. He's been efficient. Uh, Georgia Tech's defense, you know, has been pretty good against the pass. So, look, I mean, Georgia Tech's offense, I, you know, it hasn't been great. They are running the ball okay. Virginia Tech's defense right now, I mean, they're playing the best they have all season. That's why I think at Virginia Tech minus five and a half, I, I think it makes sense for them to cover, even though they're on the road. I just, I'm not going to bet it because – Virginia Tech's had a lot of trouble with Georgia Tech over the years here, Joey, um, since Justin Fuente's taken over. Do I think this is the year they win the game? Yeah, I do think this is the year. I do think they cover five and a half. But, Joey, I do think this is going to be a competitive football game. And people, I, you know, I have a lot of Virginia Tech fans asking me why I think this is going to be competitive. And, and the reason why I think it is is because I think Georgia Tech's better than their record indicates, right? And I, I do think they've played pretty well at points throughout the year. I just think they haven't put it together consistently on either side of the football, specifically on offense, more often than not. Um, and, and Virginia Tech's defense right now, as well as they've been playing over the last month, are they prone to laying an egg again at some point? Sure they are. Um, 
it's just one of those years where you don't know what you're getting from Virginia Tech on a week-to-week basis, even though they're playing their best football of the year. I think Virginia Tech wins and covers Joey. I think Georgia Tech keeps it within 10. I think it's relatively competitive. Um, I don't necessarily have an opinion on the over-under. Um, you know, as I look at it right now, the over-under is 51 and a half. I, I guess I'd lean under, just given Georgia Tech's offense and the struggles they've had. And, you know, you're telling me Virginia Tech's got a score in, in the 30s for it to even be close to, to hitting the over total. It, if you assume Georgia Tech can score 10 to 15 points. But if you're doing that, then you're expecting Virginia Tech to win comfortably. So I'm, I, I'd probably roll with the under, and I think Georgia Tech keeps it within 10, but Virginia Tech covers and wins this game. So here's the thing that you, you mentioned, Mike, is that Virginia Tech is, has been running the ball really well. Georgia Tech's defense has not been defending the run all that well at all. The thing I would point out is that if you look at just the season-long stats of Georgia Tech's defense and how good they defend the run, those are getting really skewed, depending on the stat you're looking at, at the very least by one game. They started off against Clemson, 49 carries for 411, five touchdowns. That's been a a huge chunk of the production they've allowed through, what, eight, nine games so far this year? Or you taken. Sure, so take that game out. And then they also, if you're looking at just yardage, they also gave up 320 yards to the Citadel. Now, that was on 71 carries, and they run the option and the whole thing. So that's, that, that in and of itself is a little bit of an aberration as well. That was in week three. And we can talk about, oh, yeah, that's the offense that Georgia Tech used to run. But they, they laid the egg of all eggs in that game. I, I'm not defending that performance. I'm just saying that that number gets skewed a little bit. If you look at the last five games, Georgia Tech has only allowed 200 yards on the ground once. Um, and, and in general, they have kind of held a lot of these teams in check rushing the ball. So there is, there is you know, reason to think that the defense is kind of coming around. I would also point out that the way that this team is playing now here in the last few weeks is much more impressive. You know, if they played like this, early, and, and as you mentioned, you know, they're playing probably better than the record. If they had played like this earlier in the year, you know, to start the year, I, I'll tell you right, they'll probably beat the Citadel. They might beat Temple. And for sure, Mike, they're beating Clemson in week one. So uh, all I'm saying is that Georgia Tech is playing way better now than they were to begin the year. Anything, nothing there? Anything at all? Uh, the, the Clemson thing, just I, I'll leave that there. Okay, all right, good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously joking, everybody. You can't get the sarcasm. I, yeah. I wasn't joking. Anyways, um, so this is the thing is – I mean, Virginia Tech has obviously been playing a lot better here over the last month or so. You look back starting about the Miami game, which strangely enough came after the Duke game. The Duke game, the Duke blowout at home was a complete debacle for the Hokies from the beginning. Since then, they have been playing a lot better. I I just don't know. I, it, it's, it's hard to handicap this game for me. And, and I, I really wish the spread were like outside of a touchdown. Right now at five and a half, that's not not quite enough points to really feel good about it. But again, Georgia Tech kind of playing with some confidence, um, playing better than they were. I'd like to think they're going to be able to contain Virginia Tech's offense to a certain degree and at least make this a close game. Ultimately, what I would say, I think I'm going to pick the Hokies to win the game outright. But I think I do take Georgia Tech to cover. I think this is a close game, like a three to four point kind of outcome. Um, you know, Jeff Collins was extremely emotional in the post-game press conference last week, and 
take that to mean what you will. And, and you know, it, it, was it real? Was it shtick? I don't really know. There's there's a seriously blurred line in the Georgia Tech athletic department right now, especially with the football program of what is shtick versus what is real. So take all of it with a grain of salt, I guess. But, like, he really, really felt like this team is close. It's close to breaking through and all this. And so I... I don't love the battle of wits between Dave Patnode and Bud Foster. <laughs> I think one of, those, of wits. Yeah, one of those guys has a pretty significant track record of success and the other one's coaching Georgia Tech. Um, so there's that. I don't know. I, I just I, I think Georgia Tech is going to continue to keep this thing close, keep playing with confidence, keep keep improving. The defense again is playing pretty well. So Give me the Yellow Jackets and the five and a half, uh, but I, I do think the Hokies end up winning this game outright. Um, I think they keep marching towards a uh, late-season Coastal Division Championship game with their uh, their favorite, the uh, Virginia Cavaliers. So You're my favorite, too, because it's a win every year. Yeah, I actually I, – I will say, too, though, um, you, you thought you kind of liked the under here. I think I like the over. I think there's going to be some points scored in this game. Georgia Tech's defense has had a couple of busts, and – Especially with as well as the Hokies have been running the ball. I mean, the front seven of Tech has been kind of beat up. And Georgia, well, Tech, they're still Tech until that game on Saturday. Um, Tech's front seven has been kind of, big tech. Yeah, kind of beat up, kind of inexperienced. There's probably yards to be had there. Um, and, and I think the Yellow Jackets are going to score some points too. So 51.5, not a ton. Um, let's go Virginia Tech, like 31-27. Something like that. And that gets you over, and that's a cover for Georgia Tech and a win outright for the Hokies. The math adds up. Yeah. But you're on uh, Virginia Tech in the under here? I'm on Virginia Tech in the under. Don't uh, think Georgia Tech scores that much. And I, I trust Virginia Tech to cover, but not by much. So I could see that going either way. Don't bet this. Yeah, I would not really recommend betting this. I... I I feel better about the over than anything, but I mean, the way the Hokies defense has been playing lately and all, I mean, this could go a lot of different directions. So it could. I'm not touching it. And it's, it's been four years since Virginia Tech's won this game. So yeah. Good luck. Mm. <laughs> all right. Well, as is tradition, I got Georgia Tech. Time out. One, one more thing, real quick. Like mm-hmm. Virginia Tech fans, don't write this off as a win. Why would you do that? A lot, a lot of fans are doing that. I think it's dumb. No. Don't be dumb. Don't be dumb. Trust, no, trust me, right here. I, I would tell you if this was just a, a sleepwalk win kind of situation. It is not. It's not. It is definitely not. Ask Miami how that went here about a month ago. Yep. Shout out Cam. Um, this is not a, a, just a walk through sleepwalking kind of win kind of situation. Um, roll your helmets out and win. No, that's not going to work in this game. Uh, Virginia tech is going to have to continue to play well and execute. Um, I will say there to me, part of the, part of the pick of Georgia tech against the spread is also, this isn't the best spot for Virginia tech coming off of a, a strong second half last week on Bud Foster day, emotional game, and then to pick up and go on the road. It's not. It's not the best spot for them. It's that's all I'll say. Um, so I, I think that that contributes here as well. So I got Georgia Tech in the points. Uh, you got Virginia Tech laying the five and a half as is tradition. And 
we'll just we'll just see this year once again who's the real tech. Uh, yep. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right, Mike, uh, let's move on to other games. Let's actually uh, roll backwards here a little bit to Thursday night, 8 o'clock on ESPN. This has become a, a bit of another uh, you know annual tradition, the Thursday night North Carolina-Pittsburgh game, which in re- previous years has gotten real weird. So you might want to monitor this Thursday night at the very minimum. Uh, North Carolina, a four-and-a-half-point underdog on the road at Heinz Field, taking on the Panthers. Total is 50-and-a-half. I, I, this is the game on the entire card of the weekend, more so than the Tecmo Bowl, that I just, I don't know at all what to do with this game. These two teams both coming off of buys, it's straight up strength on strength, straight up weakness on weakness, like, Mike, I, I need you to help me make some sense of this game, because I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty reasonable to assume that Pittsburgh would be getting three points just from... The fact that they'd be playing, they you know playing at home, you'd say, okay, well, you know, it was a four and a half point favorite. Pitt is getting one and a half on neutral. Or Pitt is giving one and a half on neutral fields. I just, I have to ride with North Carolina if I'm picking this game against the spread. But at the same time, like, how confident are you that North Carolina all of a sudden has everything fixed on defense, right? And I mean, Pittsburgh's offense isn't great, but I mean, North Carolina's defense has not been very good, and they. I don't think you solve those issues just on a bye week. I I, I don't. Um, Pittsburgh's offense, meanwhile, has had plenty of issues of their own. They haven't been consistent all year long, especially running the football. Um, it hasn't been great um, throwing the ball. I mean, Kenny Pickett's been fine, but he's not going to blow you away. He actually had a stretch earlier this year, Joey, when we kept saying, man, Kenny Pickett's really got it together. And then he had a couple games where it was like, okay, that's pedestrian Kenny Pickett. He's back. <laughs> um, he's never going to blow you away uh, with what he does through the air. Uh, it's just never going to be consistent enough, at least for me, to really have a lot of confidence in the pit passing game. I think it can be fine, but I think the pit passing offense being fine is kind of its ceiling at this point. Um, North Carolina, meanwhile, uh, you know, they can light up the scoreboard because of their ability to throw the football with Sam Powell, and I think it's only going to get better as the years wear on here and he becomes more mature. Um, only being a freshman, I mean, you've seen what he's been able to do. He's been outstanding this year by, by his, you know, looking through the lens of the fact that this kid's like 18 years old and he's just lighting it up. Uh, he's been good. And Pittsburgh's passing defense has been fine, but I think I'm rolling North Carolina here, Joey, and – I think I'm going to roll with them outright to win. And this is a pretty even game for me, so I could see it going either way. Uh, I, I really do think these teams are very evenly matched. You know, the safe pick would be, okay, just ride with Pittsburgh outright at home. But I like North Carolina's offense a lot, and I've seen it in person, and maybe that has something to do with it as well. And part of me selfishly also wants North Carolina to – to beat up Pitt a little bit going into the Virginia Tech game in a couple of weeks. So a little, little bit of that selfish too. But um, yeah, I think it's a very close game. I think it's a coin flip. I think if you're going to bed against the spread, number one, you're out of your mind. Number two, uh, roll with North Carolina because I think you're probably getting a point and a half of value on the road, in my opinion. I think these teams really are evenly matched. I think it's dead even. So the fact that Pitt's a four and a half point favorite seems like a lot to me. Um so I'd, I'd roll with North Carolina against the spread. I'm taking them outright. Also, don't bet this. 
and the over-under is, ooh, 50 and a half. I would lean over just because Pitt's defense is fine but not outstanding, and North Carolina's defense is atrocious, and I think North Carolina can score on Pitt, and I think Pitt can score plenty on North Carolina, even though their offense hasn't been great. I'll lean over, but don't bet this at all, please. Don't. Just don't. First of all, certainly watch this game because there is watch it for sure. inevitable weirdness. First of all, Heinz Field is just like a giant magnet for weird football games, especially when it's a college football game, not an NFL game. So On a Thursday, too? Oh, yeah. Weeknight game at Heinz Field, go for that every time, 10 times out of 10. Um, but to reinforce your point, Mike, that these teams are even, I, I pulled up the, uh, the old SP Plus rankings from uh, our buddy Bill Conley. Very reliable. Number 49, North Carolina. Number 50, Pittsburgh. Uh, these teams Daddy. are separated by two-tenths of a point in the rankings, meaning, yeah, SP Plus would have Pittsburgh is just shy of a three-point favorite, which, you know, with home field and all that. But, I mean, again, we're really splitting hairs here. The thing is, North Carolina's offense by far has been the best thing. You know, I, I, I would – well, I would say – the better offense here, clearly North Carolina. Um, they have been a, a much more dynamic offense. But if there's a, if there's a defense in the ACC that's built to stop them in so many ways, other than Clemson, it's Pittsburgh. Uh, on the other hand, Pittsburgh on offense. If there's anyone built to stop Pittsburgh on offense, it's Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's offense is just not not dynamic. It's not really all that effective. They are. Kind of efficient for a while, but struggling, really, really struggling to turn that into points on so many occasions. Um, and that's where I, I just don't know, I don't know where to go with this. I, I maybe lean under in this game, but uh, yeah, the, as you mentioned, I mean, this is so evenly matched. Both these teams, again, off a of bye. We haven't seen them in a while. They've, they've both played in their share of kind of Close, unconvincing, fluky games. I mean, Pittsburgh, their last five games, they're 4-1 and one with a three-point win over Delaware, a three-point win at Duke, a seven-point win at Syracuse, a four-point loss to Miami, and a ten-point loss at – or ten-point win at Georgia Tech in a game that was going to be tied until Georgia Tech fumbled on the goal line. Right? Like, <laughs> Pittsburgh hadn't gotten, like, a, you know, a damn bit of separation from anybody – and by the way, the game before the Delaware game, they won by one against UCF. So all Pittsburgh does is play in close games. And it's kind of funny because if you look at their like point margin on the year, they're still negative, largely thanks to a 16-point loss in week one to Virginia. <laughs> like that's that's the most, you know, that's the biggest blowout of a game either direction that they've played in was a, you know, a 16-point game. So Yeah, and I'd be willing to bet if they played that game again, it would be a lot closer in 16. Yeah, yeah, especially with how Virginia's offense has started to struggle at times and how much this, this Panther defense has really gelled lately. Um, I don't know. Super close game like this, just give me the points. Give me the points with the, with the Tar Heels. I, what the hell? I, I did this last week with Louisville. I said, let's get weird. I'll take them out right after you took them out right. And then Louisville lost by like 30 points or whatever it was to Miami. Mike, let's get weird. Let's just... Tar Heels outright. Hell yeah. I, I I was thinking about this today too in terms of and, and I was as a as a good Georgia Tech fan would, I was thinking about Georgia and when I think of them. 
as it relates to like the postseason and, and such. And my big takeaway is that the teams that are able to win big off of defense alone are not winning as big these days as they were 10, 15 years ago. Um, at the end of the day, like no matter how good your defense is, at some point you're going to have to be able to play some offense, score some points, because it is just the way that the game has changed both schematically and from an officiating standpoint. I mean, you're you're going to have to be able to score points at some point to to be able to win big, he says, describing a Pittsburgh team that's 6-3 and three and can't score like 30 points to save your life in a game. That but, was going to be my argument. It's like, yep, but we're talking about Pittsburgh. Uh, this game irritates me. These teams irritate me. Uh, let's go Tar Heels outright and uh, leave the total alone for me. Joey's been, Joey's been annoyed with Pittsburgh all year, so... They are so horrifically bad on all... Like, again, if this offense was, like, in the 60s in SP+, which is really not that much to ask for... They would far and away be the coastal favorite because it's so hard to score on that defense. But damn it, if they do not get backed up by their offense whatsoever. Not complimentary. No, it's not complimentary football. Hashtag. Is that, that's, that's a coaching term, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. All right. North Carolina outright. This surely couldn't possibly come back to bite us, Mike. So it'll be fine. Moving on. Let's keep moving. Uh, let's go back to Saturday, Saturday afternoon, 3.30 on ABC. Uh, the Wake Forest Steeman Deacons no longer ranked after your Hokies uh, took care of that last week, Mike. They're a 34.5-point underdog, and there's only one team they could possibly be playing that I could say they're a 34.5-point dog to. Clemson. That's the number three Clemson Tigers, Mike. Uh, they are going to Death Valley. They're <laughs> catching almost five touchdowns here. And I just got to tell you, I'm I'm pretty much just taking Clemson here. Uh, I'm taking Clemson too. It doesn't hurt, you know, all this for for Clemson's sake. That Sage Surratt, as of today, was announced out for the year. That is a huge loss for Wake. Not only their leading receiver, but one of the leading receivers in the country. Um, he has been an, an absolute treasure to watch. He's been super fun to watch. But yeah, he's going to be gone for Wake Forest. They're not going to see him the rest of the year. Uh, I don't know how much that really plays into my my pick here. I, if anything, it's maybe it further dismisses the idea that Wake can get a backdoor cover in the fourth quarter against Clemson's backups. But again, Clemson minus anything seems like the play here. Most importantly, I, I'm really interested in Clemson and in, in, in really in this game going over 59 and a half. Clemson overs continue to be a a, a profitable wager. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. But, yeah, I, I mean, I Clemson is continuing to score basically everything by themselves. They've gone over three straight games. And the totals were 59, 58, and 54 in games where Clemson has scored 59, 59, and 55. So if you're going to keep putting Clemson totals in the 50s and they're going to keep scoring in the 50s, just keep giving me the over. Yeah, and what's keeping Clemson from scoring in the 50s in this game? They're at home. Wake Forest defense is very bad, and Clemson's offense turns out very good. So what is what is keeping Clemson from scoring in the 50s? They just hung 55 on NC State, and NC State's defense, every bit as bad as Wake Forest is. Clemson's defense is going to go through Wake Forest defense. Clemson's offense is going to go through the Demon Deacons' defense like like a hot knife through mostly melted butter already. Like I mean, yep. 
I don't know what on earth Wake is going to do to stop Clemson's offense. I Clemson is going to. I mean, Cle, let's see. Clemson touchdowns versus punts. Touchdowns minus four and a half. What do you think, Mike? Uh, riding with Clemson. Well, well, are you are you you think Clemson scores at least you know four and a half more touchdowns than they punt? I do. Yeah. Like riding with the offense. Like I do think that. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, look. Let's let's back up a step. Right. Virginia Tech exposed Wake Forest. Uh, like Wake Forest offense did not move the ball all that effectively on Virginia Tech's defense, I think it's fair to say. And Virginia Tech's defense is not as good as Clemson's defense. Virginia Tech didn't show a lot of blitzes. They really rushed four for a majority of the game. Clemson's front seven, much better than Virginia Tech's. Clemson more than capable of rushing three and four and getting home on Jamie Newman. Jamie Newman had by far his worst game of the year against Virginia Tech. All the things that Virginia Tech did well defensively, Clemson can amplify because their defense is better. Um... Virginia Tech ran the ball really well against a Wake Forest defense. It wasn't very good. Clemson is a much better running team than Virginia Tech is. Travis Etienne is much better than whatever Virginia Tech puts out there in their backfield. It's not even close. It's just Clemson is far and away better than Virginia Tech is. Virginia Tech just had their way with Wake Forest essentially from start to finish with those two first-half turnovers keeping Wake in the game and obviously giving them the lead at halftime. But it was all Virginia Tech once they stopped turning the ball over. Um, Clemson is going to do the same thing. And you know what, Joey? A lot of people are talking about Ohio State now. We know LSU just jumped Ohio State because that big win, against, um, big win against Alabama this past weekend, game of the century, all that stuff. LSU jumps Ohio State as the number one team in the country. Everybody has been talking about Ohio State as being the nation's best team because of how they looked against inferior opponents. What is keeping you from saying that Clemson is not the best team in the country using that logic, right? Um, essentially, a close game against North Carolina is the only difference at this point between Clemson and Ohio State, in my opinion. I think Clemson has, uh, you know, they don't have the resume that LSU has, and neither does Ohio State, and that's why LSU is number one, and I completely agree with LSU being number one, but Joey... I think Clemson could absolutely still be the best team in the country. Um, I watched this offense. I watched this offense in person a few weeks ago. They're in full war machine mode, and they've only gotten better since then. Um, you know, obviously they, you know, they blow out Wofford. They just scored fifty-five on NC State. They're going to score in the fifties again this weekend against Wake Forest. Like the defense is clicking. Uh, the defense is, and I was having a, a conversation with David Hood, who's uh, a writer for TigerNet.com, uh, covering the Clemson Tigers as a beat writer. We are having a conversation back and forth on Twitter, and he brought up a great point. Like, a lot of the hype around Clemson's defense this year has been lost because of who they lost in the front seven specifically. But as a guy who has covered the team for a long time, David Hood says to me on Twitter, he says, look, Clemson's defense this is one of the fastest units he's ever seen under Dabo Swinney. And that's saying something considering what they lost a year ago. Mm-hmm. I agreed with that sentiment. I was impressed with how fast they were when I saw them in person against Boston College a few weeks back. This is a unit that's getting more and more confident by the week. And Wake Forest offense, to their credit, they've been pretty good this year. They had a bad game against Virginia Tech. I don't think they'll be very good against this Clemson defense, Joey. And I do think, I do think Clemson goes ahead, takes care of business, and covers this huge spread. 
I like the over as well because I think Clemson hits it by themselves. And I do think Wake Forest will get on the scoreboard in this game, but not enough to keep it competitive. I love Clemson in the blowout here. They're in full war machine mode. I still think they're they're one of the best teams in the country, as is everybody else. I still think people are sleeping on them. I think Davo Swinney has been able to, you know, just preach that, right, given the fact that they were sitting number five last week. Nobody respects them, all that stuff. He can still play that card even though they haven't lost in a year and a half. Mike, Clemson is 10-0 and on the year. They're 7-3 and against the spread with games against Georgia Tech, Texas A&M, at Syracuse, North Carolina, Charlotte, or excuse me, just regular Charlotte, at North Carolina, Florida State, at Louisville, Boston College, Walford, at North Carolina State. Do you care to pick the three games this year that they have lost against the spread in? Not off the top of my head. Go. Texas A&M. Yep. They failed to cover the spread because Texas A&M scored with 10 seconds left. Yep. Backdoor cover. Ultimate backdoor cover. North Carolina, the clunker that they still managed to win. Wofford. When the spread was 47 and a half, that's not, not even really that official. Right? Like, that's... So, the only team to, like, convincingly beat the spread against Clemson this year was North Carolina. That's it. I... Why do I think the Wake Forest would start now? Um, here's the other thing, Mike. Do you know, of those 10 teams, who has scored the most points against this Clemson defense all year? There's, there's one really obvious candidate here. Mm, I should know the answer to this, shouldn't I? It was one of those three that they did not cover against. North Carolina? North Carolina. North Carolina has the high watermark of points scored against this North against this Clemson defense. They scored 20 points in that game. Everybody else the entire season through nine nine other games has been held to 14 or less. Like Clemson's defense is as good or better than they've ever been. Like Yeah, and that's why I hesitated because I couldn't remember the Texas A&M score and 20 didn't seem like enough. Yeah. <laughs> They haven't had even a hiccup, really, other than that one North Carolina game. The uh, offense had a hiccup more than the defense did. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So, I mean, the the strength of schedule has been a, a serious point of contention. It's not been great. So, I, there's that. But, you know, toss that to the side. Even considering that, Clemson still completely taking care of business this year, start to finish. Um, they have been... That Texas A&M game was the only game where they have not been like a 24-point favorite. Yeah. And they've covered in seven of, of nine of those, right? So, I mean, yeah, just keep taking Clemson. Clemson minus anything. That's that's the best. It's all relative. It's all relative. Do it. Let's move on. Two more games, Mike. Uh, well, three more. 7.30 on the ACC Network. Louisville uh, trying to bounce back off a rough showing against Miami. They're traveling to Raleigh this week, second straight road game, though they were coming off a, a bye week last week. The Cards are a four-point favorite in Raleigh against the Wolfpack. Totals 58.5. I, you know, it was a bad showing. I mean, this was probably one of the worst showings of the year, if not the worst showing of the year for Louisville last week. But, man, NC State has just been a mess of late, especially on offense. I Only four points with the cards, even on the road. I think I really like Louisville here, minus the four. I love Louisville. I love Louisville. And 
I was I was very wrong about Louisville last weekend. Very wrong. Um, they played one of their worst games of the year against Miami. Give a lot of credit to the Hurricanes, as we talked about on the recap, uh, for how they've bounced back and how they've looked over the last month. Uh, a lot of parallels between Miami season, um, considering how they lost to Georgia Tech and what they've done since then, and Virginia Tech season with how they lost to Duke and how they've looked since then. You know, they've had that one season-defining loss, and they've really taken a turn, and, and they've played a lot better since then. So, so you've got to credit Miami. But Louisville looked so lost on offense, and they looked equally bad on defense, and it was really, really rough. NC State can't expose Louisville defensively the way that, you know, Louisville was exposed defensively last weekend against Miami. NC State's offense just simply is not good enough, mm-hmm. and they have it all year. I don't think they're going to be any better this week. Um, I mean, NC State at this point, they're piecing it together offensively. It seems like a new quarterback every week. Uh, there's nothing really um, that I've seen of late out of NC State's offense. It makes me think that all of a sudden they're going to go out and they're going to score enough to hang with the Louisville offense. It's overall been pretty good, despite that clunker they laid last weekend. The most important note I have here, Joey, and it's something we haven't talked about on this podcast, really. We just decided to sweep it under the rug. Um, Mikhail Cunningham, Louisville's quarterback, was called Malik Cunningham until like a month ago. So what's up with that? I'm sorry, who? One more time? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Mikhail Cunningham? I thought he was Malik Cunningham, and then all of a sudden everybody started calling him Mikhail, and nobody's really questioned it. I don't know if that was like an official name change, or if everybody screwed it up, or that that like almost certainly happened in like the second quarter of one of the games this year. <laughs> like literally, like week one, week two against Notre Dame and all that, he was he was Malik Cunningham, like, and that's what he was all last year. That's what we all knew him as. And then like in the second quarter of a certain broadcast, they started calling him Mikhail Cunningham, and we all just kind of ran with it from there, Mike. That's and that's. That's now what his name is. So yeah. So we need to get to the bottom of that. But anyway, I'm taking Louisville. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. So I, I look at the SP plus ratings, and they say that NC State in this game at home probably should be like a, you know, at least a half point, if not a one point favorite. Um, here's the problem with that, Mike. NC State has played five ACC games so far. They're one and four in those games, and the only game that they didn't lose by at least seventeen points was a six-point win over Syracuse at home. Woof! They got blown. They got you know it was an eighteen-point loss to Florida State. It was a twenty-one-point loss to Boston College. It was a you know thirty-four-point loss to Wake Forest, and now a forty-five-point loss to Clemson. Like they've lost their last three games by a combined. Hold on, I'm going to do some math. Twenty-one plus thirty-four. Put you at 55 plus the 45. So they've lost their last three games by a combined 100 points. How about that? That's Uh, not good. Is that, yeah, that's not a good look. Um, I, and, and granted, a lot of this on the uh, ACC slate so far has been on the road. So you could say that. But damn, if they didn't also beat Syracuse by six at home. And that's, that's about the most competitive game anybody's played with Syracuse all year. So, Man, I don't know what you believe in if you're NC State right now. Maybe you're hoping that Louisville just kind of fell out of rhythm or something at the bye week and then got drubbed by Miami and now going on the road a second straight week. But at the same time, NC State's coming off of just getting, you know, whacked by Clemson last week. I This is a terrible spot for both teams, really. I, I don't know. I, 
I don't love this for NC State. I think this is a loss. I'm, I'm with you. Give me Louisville. I'll, I'll, I'll lay the four there. Anything mm-hmm. inside of a touchdown, I'm probably on the Cardinals. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I think Louisville does win this game by 7-10. to 10. I mean, that's just how I feel. Just gut. It's more gut feeling than anything else. I don't – I don't think any team is overly good, but I have more trust at this point in Louisville, which is a weird thing to say given how they looked last weekend. But I have more trust in Louisville than I do NC State. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at the offense defense ratings for these two teams, this is the Louisville thirty sixth ranked ranked offense versus the fifty fifth ranked defense for NC State, and the ninety fourth ranked offense for NC State against the ninety second ranked defense for Louisville. So again. Strength on strength, weakness on weakness, and we'll just see what happens. But, man, Louisville really in the last month or so, even considering last week, has been playing so much better than NC State. I I don't like this game for the Wolfpack at all. So four points, not that much to give up. So uh, let's just take the Cardinals. With you. All right. Uh, last conference game here, Mike. Four o'clock on the ACC Network. The Syracuse Orange catching ten and a half in Durham. Taking on the Blue Devils, uh, totals fifty four and a half. I Syracuse has been so bad this year. Duke They're is really bad. Duke has also started getting real bad here lately. They're real bad. And yet, it, Syracuse needs this game so bad, Mike. So bad. They do. Like Syracuse last three games: this game at Duke. They're at Louisville, and they're home against Wake. This is their best, probably their best chance to win a game in conference play this year. They need this so badly. Ten and a half points is kind of a lot. Can we please take the orange here? I'm taking them against the spread. I don't think Duke is ten and a half points better than anybody, and Syracuse is really bad. And I've been watching a decent amount of Duke football recently, which sucks for me. (laughs) God bless. Uh, yeah, um, not good news for me, but I have been watching a lot of Duke lately, and that's no, just really not good. Um, they can't move the ball at all, and Syracuse's defense, uh, they're bad. Duke should score, but they really can't move the ball. I mean, this is like, granted, I, I just watched them against Notre Dame, so it's... I'm looking at it through that lens as well. Notre Dame's got a top 20 defense, right? So there's there's that. But like, I, I look at I look at Duke right now. Quentin Harris, man, forward passing is a struggle. <laughs> it's it's a it's a race against time with a forward pass. It's tough. It's. I mean, he would be like a Heisman candidate back in like 1930, but <laughs> he would be. Uh, so. You'd have a couple of Heisman candidates on Northwestern's offense, too, that hasn't scored in <laughs> the month of November. Um, Four touchdowns this season. Give him the trophy. Yeah. Good Lord, man. Um, Syracuse is bad, man. I don't think they win this game. I, I do think Duke overall is better, but I just – that offense is so bad for Duke. And even if Duke were to have, like, a get-right game, is it enough to cover 10.5? Like, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and Duke's defense hasn't been that good. Like, that's a lot. That's a mm-hmm. lot of points. And I don't think Syracuse is very good at anything this year. They've been very disappointing. I think there's a good chance they don't win a game in the ACC. We've talked about that the last couple of weeks, just given how they've looked. But with all that being said, I do think they're uh, – I don't want to say good enough to cover because that's, that's a lie to the listeners. Um, 
Duke is not good enough to cover ten and a half. Let's do that instead of talking about Syracuse. That's well, a lot. they they might be good enough to cover ten and a half. They're not good enough to give ten and a half with in, in a betting situation. Yes, correct, correct. Which speaking of which, don't bet this game. Do not, please don't, because I, I could be really, really wrong. Because basically, what you have to do is either give ten and a half with Duke or bet Syracuse. Neither of which are things that you want to do right now. Just take Duke money line and be done with it. I, I, don't, think Syracuse, I don't think Syracuse wins this game, okay, Joey. I, okay. I'll say that with some confidence. I don't think Syracuse wins this game. But I also don't think they lose by, like, two touchdowns. I, I'm going to rule Syracuse out winning this game outright. Um, mm. okay. so keep in mind, Syracuse coming off a of bye week, and before that they fired the defensive coordinator. So maybe you get the... What we call that, like the dead cat bounce or something. I mean, of just like you get the little bit of improvement, you know, addition by subtraction, something like that. I don't know, like win one for the Gipper. Yeah, I mean, SP Plus says Duke should be a seven point favorite here, and that's that's fine. So yeah, you're still getting value if you're taking Syracuse and ten and a half. But yep, I mean, I again, I maintain like I would not rule the Orange out from winning this game outright. I'll say that. Um. Maybe Duke wins by three scores. I don't know. But, like, just there, – there is just a lot of variability from both of these teams in this game, I'll say. I mean, we're still kind of waiting on that Syracuse offensive outbreak, and it's – we're, like, running out of time in a big way. Um, <laughs> There's not many games left? Yeah. <laughs> They're completely They're running not out going of time. to a bowl game? Yeah. No, for sure. Um, so – I'd like to think Syracuse comes out playing with their hair on fire. Duke just got the snot kicked out of them by Notre Dame. I think it's a good spot for the Orange. So, yeah, give me Syracuse in the 10.5, but do I want to say who wins this game? Not really. I guess Duke close by three or something. But I have an idea. Yep. If uh, I were betting this game, if I were a betting man, which, you know, I, I don't bet more than, well, 12 to 14 games a weekend. Um <laughs> This is what this is how I would bet it. Um, I would take I would take Syracuse to cover ten and a half, and I'd parlay it with Duke money line, and that way you get the best of both worlds when that bet hits. And if it doesn't, you get to lose double the money. See, so. my my neighborhood shop won't uh, won't really let you do that. They won't let you like parlay two aspects of the same game. Because what I was going to say is that maybe the smart thing is take Syracuse and the under. Total's 54-and-a-half. I don't know where the scoring is coming from in this game because these offenses both kind of suck a lot. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I am was, I was mostly joking around. If I'm making one bet on this game, it's going to be the under. I'm not touched, but truth be told, I'm probably not betting this game at all. But if I, were to bet this, if I were to bet this game, famous last words, but if I were to bet this game, it would be the under. I, I'm with you. I don't know where the scoring is coming from. Duke's offense has been really bad. Syracuse's offense and defense has been very bad. I think we can argue in this game, Joey, the best unit is Duke's defense, right? Is that fair? Uh, yes. Yeah, Duke has the number 40 defense in the country. Yep. So, But I was just going to point out that offensively, this is Duke's number 104 offense versus Syracuse's number 97 offense. Gross. So how those two teams com- combine for 50-some points against the number 40 defense and the number 69 defense, nice. I don't know. Um, 
I, I don't know what to tell you there. Um, Syracuse, the under right now is like six and three. Um, I so yeah. As much as anything, give me the under in this game. That's that's just so many points for two offenses that are just not very good at all. I'm with you. All right. I'm, I'm taking the under, rolling with it with some confidence. But um, again, not betting that either because we've mm-hmm. seen random offensive outbreaks and games that involve Syracuse that really we didn't see coming. So <laughs> don't don't touch this. Go ACC. Go uh, ACC. Last one, Mike. Noon on the ACC Network Extra. Florida State taking on Alabama State. Florida State's getting bowl eligible, right? They are. I swear to God, Florida State, do not, do not lose this game. There's maybe Um, only one way to get Odell Haggins fired at this point at Florida State, and this is it. If you lose this game, you're getting your boy fired. Don't do it. Win this game by, like, the... 40, 50 some odd points you're supposed to win it by. Yeah, he's my favorite Odell, by the way. Yeah. We could do an episode on that, on Odell power rankings. I'll have to work on that. Let me think about that. Yes. Okay. There's, I have him number one. There is, of course, Beckham Jr., but then... Right. Distant second. There's there's other Odells out there that I, I'm just it's struggling to come to mind right now. Florida State by a lot, right? I'm sorry? Florida State by a lot. Uh, yeah, by like a million. Alabama State, by the way, I mean, not like a total pushover. Um, I mean, they're like third in the SWAC right now. Um, they gave some hell to UAB earlier this year. They, um, you know, they've won most of their, their again, their SWAC games. So it, this isn't like a total dumpster program, if that's what you're thinking they are. But at the same time, you're also Florida freaking State. Like, yeah, yeah, and you should win by a lot, and it it should be fine. But Joey, it begs the question, or you know, begs this statement. One of my favorites that I haven't broken out in a few weeks here. These aren't your daddy Seminoles. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? How how? Let's let's just leave that there. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm a dad now, and before I was a dad, like the Seminoles were better. I think. I don't know what's going to be this. Yeah. Don't uh, screw it up, Florida State. Please don't. Uh, yeah. Please, please don't screw this up. I don't even have a um, spread on this at all, so I'm just I'm not even going to take down a pick for this. That's fine. We both take the Seminoles. Um, Joey, before we finish up here, uh, I want to wish you a happy anniversary because a little over one year ago, one year and two days ago, as a matter of fact, Bobby Petrino was fired as the head coach of Louisville while his taped uh, Sunday football show on local TV (laughs) was being played in Louisville. Um, That came across my timeline on Twitter, and I just want to wish you a happy anniversary as a Louisville fan. Well, thank you, thank you. Go Cards. Um, I that that just you know we don't really do go ACC moments of the week on the preview show, but I think this one time we might need a little honorary go ACC moment of the week, which is again Bobby Petrino getting fired in the middle in the like what is that like an hour long television show on a local television? You couldn't wait, you know, until that was over and you could just keep the illusion of. How this stuff works? No, 
Nope, he got fired as the thing was being played on local television. Go yep. ACC, Bobby Petrino, uh, happy trails, sweet dreams. It's been fun. Yep, careful on your motorcycle. Also, um, we didn't bring this up in the recap, and we should have, because you and I were grasping for that Go ACC moment of the week, and this mm-hmm. could have easily been it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just forgot about it, so wanted to bring it up tonight. Yeah. Uh, happy anniversary. That's all, yeah. that's all I got. That's right. What a, uh, uh, what, what a disaster. Um, yeah, it's the only anniversary Bobby Petrino celebrates these days, because... <laughs> You know, you didn't, have, you didn't have to run around on his wife for this one. So. <laughs> I'm going to leave it alone. Yep. I'm not, I have no comments. That's all okay. I got. Okay, let's, let's leave that there and let's go on to week 12. Let's go to week 12. By the way, do you got a pick of the week here, Mike? Oh, um, Quick transition. I think so. You want me to pick first? Uh, which bet is it in the Clemson game? Man, uh, 34 and a half is a lot, so give me over 59 and a half. Okay, and I'll take Clemson. Okay. I think that I works. I bet both of these in real life. Yeah, I, I would. Of the things I would recommend betting wise this week, it's probably those two. I feel really good about Louisville minus the four. And I, I feel pretty good about the Syracuse Duke under. And maybe the Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech over. I think those are the things I, I like as much as anything on this card. I'm betting the two parts of the Clemson game, and that's it. That's fair. I well, think. You, you know I love making totals my uh, my picks of the week. so You do. And I've been on a heater with totals lately. so You've been on a heater with freaking everything since August. <laughs> I, I haven't the last few weeks, though. I went, um, not that anybody gives a shit, but I went five and nine, um, five and nine two weeks ago, and, and even six and six last weekend. So I, I'm cooling down a little bit, but then I went four and one on NFL bets on Sunday. So there you go. All's well that ends well. Got it back. Yeah. All right. My pick of the week waking Clemson to go over 59 and a half. Mike has Clemson minus a casual 34 and a half against Wake Forest. With some confidence. I'm, I'm curious to hear what the people think is the more, uh, more reliable, realistic bet. So if y'all got opinions on that, reach out. Let's and, put it on uh, Twitter, Joey, after this post and see what, if, if you and I remember to do that, we'll put a poll on Twitter and, and yeah. see. Um, I'm curious too. Oh yeah. Through the power of tweet deck, we will uh, schedule that as a uh, scheduled tweet for tomorrow. So reach, reach out and let us know what you think. That's all I got. Yep. Uh, Mike, anything else on week 12? Are you ready to go uh, watch these games? Ready to go watch these games. Um, that Thursday night North Carolina pick game, tune into that. That's going to be one of the most entertaining games of the weekend, I think, in college football. And there are some good games this weekend, but keep an eye on that North Carolina pit one. It's easy to overlook. It's just Thursday night. People watch NFL stuff. They got work on Friday and all that other stuff. But watch yeah. that game, please. 100%. 100%. Um, it's, it's looking like, for me, it might be single dad Thursday night. Um, wife has, like, work extracurriculars, like, going way late. And, I you know, let's just say this. Charlie's going to get an ACC lesson Thursday night as we watch the North Carolina-Pittsburgh game. And 
try to make sense of whatever the hell is going on on the television. So uh, we yep. recommend that you all tune in and share that experience with myself and my six-month-old son. Yeah, so we already know that Calvin, the, the dog, loves ACC football. So <laughs> yeah. got to among literally anything else on the television. So Yep. It's a, it's a family affair here, Mike. That's all I got. That's right. All right. Let's get out of here. Uh, go watch some games. In the meantime, people can find us on the Twitters. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel CFB, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Y'all can send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you, and, and thank you to those who have lately. We've had a, a pretty good little stream of emails lately. Uh, Mr. Keith Derrick sent us an email, by the way, Mike, and I'll just throw this out there. We got an email from Mr. Keith Derrick asking if we were going to be, uh, either of us is going to be at the Tecmo Bowl here in Atlanta. Uh, I will not, and it doesn't sound like you will either. I will not, unfortunately. But um, and, and for the listeners out there, Joey and I have yet to meet each other in person. That's a little behind the scenes with the podcast. Isn't that crazy? And even a little bit more behind the scenes, my absolute favorite part of that is that, Mike, this gives me the ultimate like trump card, tell me something interesting about yourself fact at like weird work outings and stuff. I've been doing a podcast for like damn near four years with somebody that I've never met in person. Yep. That's the people are always just like, what you have? Like, and it's, it's, it's the coolest thing. I and, and Joey and Joe for the record, Joey and I talk every day. Like <laughs> yeah. every single day we have some sort of communication. So this is uh, you know, outside of Joey's wife, Matt, the lovely Maggie, who I also have never met. Um, <laughs> I can attest to the fact that I am one of the people that Joey talks to pretty regularly outside of his wife, and we have never met before. So. Uh, that's confirmed. Yeah, there there are not many people other than my wife that I talk to more than Mike, and that's hey, welcome to 2019. That's where we're at. Yep, <laughs> love the love the power of the internet. One day there's gonna be a like a picture of us in the same room at the same time, and it's gonna break the ACC internet. It is. Yeah, we'll. we'll it is. People like Lauren Brownlow are gonna freak out about that. <laughs> if we could get her in the same room too, and yeah. Cam and Dan, that's all we need. Yes. And Andrew Parker and Keith Derrick to really round it all out. And Scott. And yeah, and your brother-in-law, your future brother-in-law, excuse me. Yep. Uh, where I lost her place. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Stitcher, the Overcast app, all those good places. And uh, we really ask that you do, especially on the Anchor app. We really appreciate those who have. Um, and uh, share us with your friends, all those good things. Mike, you want to tell where they can find us on the social medias? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find most of our podcasts there, Joey. Nailed, yeah, nailed it. Most of them, yes, definitely there. Um, yep. Please do that. Mike, that's all I got. You want to go watch some games and uh, determine who the real tech is once again? Let's, let's do it. I think, I think I'm finally in line for a W. Hmm. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Hope so. Go Jackets. What what's a hokey? Something something castrated turkey. Baby. Um all that. What's a hokey? I am. <laughs> For better or worse. Uh yep. we will uh, we'll come back and recap these games probably on Sunday. Yep. Sounds good. Well, have a safe trip on the rest of your week and uh enjoy the games. Don't enjoy the Tecmo Bowl and uh we'll talk soon. Alright, man. I all will right. enjoy it. <laughs> we'll see 
All right, we'll talk soon. And uh, until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. We'll talk to you again soon. Until then, go Jackets and go ACC. Gross.